Blog Talk Radio. Hello, 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 and welcome to Profiles and Championship Living. I am your host, Mr. Miles W. Miller. People, I want to thank you tonight for tuning in to another dynamic episode of our, our series of Profiles and Championship Living. Tonight, we're going to have a, a dynamic replay of an interview I did uh, last month with uh, former uh, Boise State University uh, star quarterback Jared Zabransky, uh, winner and MVP of the uh, 2007 Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. So sit back, enjoy the interview, and I'll talk to you soon. Hello, and we're welcoming to the show, to the four-quarter comeback show tonight, uh, a dynamic young man. He is a, a, what you would call a comeback master. He's had some, some trials in his life. He's had some, some ups and downs. But we're here with the dynamic Mr. Jared Zabransky. Uh, you may remember Jared as the, the quarterback of the 2006 Boise State Broncos, who went undefeated and played Oklahoma in the 2007 Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Uh, Jared, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, Jared. It's a great honor to have you on the show tonight. Hey, thanks for having me. Like I said, I was uh, talking to you earlier, and I wanted to let you know again, uh, you know, publicly on air, man, it's absolutely an honor to have you here. I think that the people are really going to enjoy uh, just watching, you know, the information that you listen to the information that you present tonight. I know it's going to be dynamic, man. Well, I appreciate you having me. I I, uh, I take any opportunity to to uh, you know, especially to, to speak about the Fiesta Bowl. It's a great memory for me, and uh, you know, whatever I can do to to uh, shed light on the situation or, or to uh, you know give give anybody inspiration or, or anything in those sorts, uh, I'm always happy to always obliged to to help. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Jared. I know people who have been following you for years now, they've gotten accustomed to seeing you pull off some miraculous comebacks in your football career. Can you just share with the people, during those situations, what motivates you to keep your cool and lead your team to victory? Well, a lot of different things. Um, first and foremost, uh, I had a lot, of, a lot of help along the way with, and a lot of guidance with a number of different things, my coaches, um, um, you know, mental coaches, football coaches, God, you know, all of the above, I kind of relied on for strength and, uh, and guidance. So when I got into those positions, I was, I was already keyed and ready to, to handle them. And, uh, you know, it, for me, it was always, it was always kind of based on perception. How do I want to perceive the situation? Do I want to perceive it as a failure or, or as a challenge? And uh, you know, I always looked at it as the latter. And to, to look at something in, in that sort of light, you, you can kind of you know take a step beyond it and uh, you know realize that that you have a chance to to do something about it. And and it's always you know in, in your mind, you can always perceive it the way that you want to. So uh, you know, I, I was just focused on how I looked at things. And a lot of that, a lot of the times, I look at things like I could, I could respond or I could come back. So instead of looking at it like I lost or, or there's no chance. Right. That 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 dynamic stuff. Sir, could you share with the people 
how important your relationship is with your coaches and mentors as far as, you know, specifically what are some things that they share with you that, that keeps you, you know, encouraged and, and cool? Well, it's it's all about the preparation process. And, uh, you know, you practice and you practice and you, and you train and you get ready for certain situations. So when they happen, you've already you've already been in that situation. Nothing's like a game. You know, you, you can't. You can't simulate games in practice. You can try to become, you know, as close to those as possible. And uh, so what we did try to do is just simulate them as, as best as we could. And, and when we got there, it was like we'd already been there. So you could approach it in a certain manner to where, you know, I've been there, done that. But throughout my career, I played in so many games that it actually was I'd been there, done that. You know, I, I could, I could right. go back and recall a situation to where, um you know, I've been in this situation before, and this is the outcome. This is the reason why. So, I could approach it a certain way, and uh, you know, your coaches are right there. You know, their tutelage is is priceless along the way. So, you, know, you just got to take everything that you can from them, and uh, you know, try to apply it in the correct manner. Right, right. And that, I, I'm always talking to my audience about how coaches and mentors are, are dynamic pieces of the puzzle. It actually shortens your curve of of experience and you know is the difference between making mistakes to learn experience or getting good mentorship to learn experience it, it's dynamic definitely definitely because it most of the time they've already been in that situation so they can they can give you some direct information from their experiences which which is uh hard to come by right so i heard you mention god how important is your spiritual faith in being able to make a comeback it's very important because you have to have faith in in something greater, a higher power, and and that that accumulates and uh, and is directly influenced on the field because you have to believe that that God does things and puts things in your life for a reason, and um, you know he, He's looking for a response from you. So you know I that I truly believe that 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 was faith the, the way that the things that the way things turned out and. Uh, I believe that everything that I'd done previous to that situation was for a reason, and and that uh, I was able to handle those things uh, specifically based on you know my faith and and what I had done previously. Okay, that, that's absolutely wonderful, sir. And I'm, I'm, I said I know that when people are hearing you speak now, you're giving them a blueprint for how to come back in their lives, no matter on the field or off the field. So this is dynamic stuff. Jared, I often tell people that the underdog plays with a chip on his shoulder because they're usually playing for the pride of a certain region or people who aren't normally expected to beat the odds against, you know, quote-unquote giants. Describe what it was like growing up in Oregon, in Hermiston, Oregon, and then going on to play at Boise State. What was it like playing for the pride of that group of people? It was huge because um, growing up from where I'm from, excuse me, was uh, not, a lot of, not a lot of people come out of Hermiston with with uh, Division One scholarships or, or college scholarships for that matter. It's kind of a, a rural community out in the northeastern part of Oregon and it's not really known as a, as a mecca for sports. So to get an opportunity to go play for a Division One football team and then uh, for a team that has as much, as much success as Boise State, and to be such a big part of that success, 
you know, it was kind of surreal. But at the same time, you know, I really felt like I deserved that opportunity because of how much work I'd put in and how hard I'd worked to get there. And and then once I got there, you know, I just uh, kept working hard and, and uh, you know, really looked and hoped for the best. And I think a lot of the guys on our team, you know, the same type of thing. You know, we, we'd all felt like we were big-time college football players, and we we either gotten passed up on by big schools or where we really wanted to show, you know, when we got the chance to play these big schools, that, uh, you know, we were better than these guys across the ball. And, you know, I think especially my senior class, you know, we had like 11 guys that ended up signing with NFL teams and a handful of, a handful of them stuck. And, um, you know, there's still a couple of guys in, in Canada as well as NFL. I think there's like six or seven of us still playing. You know, that's a big deal out of a, a mid-major school, and, and we all truly believe that we had that ability and that capability to, to go out and put, you know, strings of wins together like we did. And, uh, you know, we just really wanted to prove that we could do it. And, you know, when you have that chip on your shoulder, it gives you a little extra motivation, a little extra fire, you know, not only on, on game day, but getting ready for game day. And that's the biggest part was the preparation and, you know, the off-season training, off-season practices and, and uh, you know, the weekly preparation as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I'm just, you know, it, it amazes me to hear your story because I went to the University of Michigan, so we always had, a, you know, we're always coming from the, the, the mindset of this perennial powerhouse, and Michigan football is is is, is just huge in Michigan. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a big deal. And I understood being a student on campus, how important that that football program was. Being at Boise State and actually being a player that is taking this team. Let's talk about the 2006 season for me. You're taking this team on what, if you were at a bigger school, would be a national championship run. What is the what's going through your mind as you guys play your your final regular season game and you're undefeated and you're waiting for the call to go to the Tostitos of Fiesta Bowl? What's going through your mind to do, do you think you guys can get that shot to play for the national title? Do you think you deserve it? Or, you know, what, what were you guys thinking at that moment? You know, we all thought we deserved a, a chance at the national title, but we were we were more uh, realistic than that. We we knew that, you know, with I think there was two other teams that were undefeated that year, or maybe maybe there was just one other team that was undefeated. But we knew that, you know, a one-loss team from the SEC or a one-loss team from the Big 12 or Big 10 or Pac-10 was going to get in over us. So we were just excited to, to get a chance to go to a BCS football game. We knew we were going to probably end up at the Fiesta Bowl and uh, knew that we'd get a great opponent, you know, whoever it may be. So we were we were ecstatic with our accomplishments up to that point, you know, going 12-0, and um, winning all of our regular season games. But we had accomplished that same feat two years prior when we played in the Liberty Bowl in 04. And we fell up short. And then the, the next year, we had a, a decent year, and we we lost the bowl game. So for me, it was, you know, we've done this before. Now it's time to win a big game at the end of the season. And, and uh, you know, I didn't want to go through my career and, and win, you know, 30 plus games and never win a bowl game. So, um, you know, that was the big one for us and for me especially. So, um, you know, we knew we we wouldn't get a chance to play in the national. We felt like we 
we were entitled to it. We felt like we deserved it, but we we also were realistic in, in the fact that we knew we weren't going to be there, but we we knew we were going to get a uh, a BCS game, which we were excited about. Okay. So let's go to the 2007 Fiesta Bowl, and you're playing Perennial Powerhouse, Oklahoma. Were you guys ever shaken or ever, you know, moved by the fact that you're going up against this this juggernaut in Oklahoma? No, I I, I truly think that uh, me personally, and I think that the the large core of our team were excited for the opportunity, and you know we knew Oklahoma was good. We knew that they're a perennial powerhouse, seven national championships, this and that. Adrian Peterson, great running back, maybe the best running back in the NFL right now. You know, all these different things said, we knew that we had a great uh, core, you know, core unit of players, and I truly believed as long as long as uh, as well as probably a handful of our our seniors believe that, you know, our our 22, 23 top players were just as good or better than their their 22 or 23. You know, where we knew was going to be tough is when they started making subs because that was kind of the deal with us was, you know, our starting lineups were solid, but, you know, we just kind of, there, there was a, a pretty big drop-off with our with our backups to where, you know, the big schools like, for instance, Michigan or, or Oklahoma or Ohio State, you know, these schools, they can just sub in and, and the guys are, you know, just as good. So we knew we had to play well and, and uh, you know, stay healthy, for one, and, and uh, you know, really really kind of lean on each other for that. So we we knew we knew the situation, but at the same time, you know, from film study, we I truly thought that we were better. I thought we matched up better. I thought our receivers were better than their DBs. I thought our offensive line was, was as good or better than their defensive line, you know, our defense came out and played great, and we just we knew we had to score points because we knew their offense was dynamic as well, and they could score points. So we knew it was going to be a shootout, but we we totally believed that we could win. And as long as you have that belief, you know that that'll carry you a long ways. Well, and I, you're saying some things that that I tell my audience all the time that you you have to expect to win. Whenever you go into a battle or in or game or anything in life, you have to expect to win. You have to expect victory. So. You know, that's, that's major stuff right there to let people know that going into a major game, you expected to come out the, the, victor, the victorious team. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You can't – there's no way that you can go into a situation um, just expecting to show up because you're going to get blown out of the water. You know, you gotta you got to look at the situation like you're going to go out and, and master it or dominate it, and, and uh, you know, that gives you that confidence that, that you really need to go into something. And, and uh you know, confidence can carry you a long way. Yes, sir. So I'm going to just run a few scenarios by you throughout that game. I'm going to go at, at halftime. You have a 21-10 to 10 lead on Oklahoma, and you've been pretty much dominating them. What type of momentum do you guys take to the locker room, and what are you guys saying? What, what, is, what are your coaches saying to you when you go to the locker room at that point? Well, you know, we had that big play right before the end of the half where the play was kind of busted and I kind of winged it out to the right side and our receiver caught it and made a big play, made a couple guys miss and went in for like a 30-yard score. So we had all the momentum in the world. We went in and, 
and all the captains and the seniors were hyped up and you know we we kind of told each other you know this is this is a zero zero football game and uh, it starts right now we got to go out and win the second half and that's kind of what our coaches were were telling us and and uh you know we knew that that these guys were you know starting to wear us down because they you know they're a big 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 squad up front and you know as skilled as, as some guys are and you know our, our guys were were really skilled that's kind of where we made up for the size difference in a lot of ways you know the the size starts to wear you down a little bit so we knew we had to go out and fight in the second half and and uh, try to win the second half as well and our coaches just kept uh, you know preaching about execution and and uh you know really really talking about a zero zero football game and trying to win the second half well so the the, the momentum was to not lose the momentum from the first first half but the to keep it going, to to not let up, right? Yeah, yeah, to keep it going and to finish uh, all four quarters. Wow. And I think that's a lot of things. A lot of times dreamers and visionaries forget that one piece. You have to finish what you start. And you were in the middle of a dogfight, and you knew that that this monster in any given moment could wear up his head, and, and you still have still got to fight it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That, and that's, like I said, this, these are things that people need to take into life. People often shun or look down upon a game because it's, well, it's just a game. This is not real life stuff. But these are principles that people can take to life and and handle their lives a lot better. They handle their lives like a championship game every every time. Yeah, definitely. I truly believe that that uh, you know it kind of depicts a, a that one game depicts a a story of of a bunch of a bunch of people all wrapped into one you know you yes, sir. kind of start out up top and it's kind of like a roller coaster ride you know it's everything's good and good and then boom you get slapped in the face with a challenge or or in life it may be a death or, or the loss of a job or something but you can't you can't you know dwell on it or or grieve grieve on it for too long you gotta you gotta you know take that next step forward and and really uh you know move on with your life or or think about that next play. What can I do to to uh, help my team on this next play? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I'm going to give you another scenario. It's the fourth quarter. You guys have a 28 to 20 lead, and Oklahoma is coming back. And they drive the ball down the field, score a touchdown, and tie the game with one minute and 26 seconds left in regulation. What's going through your mind at that very moment? Uh. Really, I'm getting myself ready for the for a red ball situation, which is a hurry up offense. And actually, in, in that situation, it's clutch. There's red balls are hurry up, and clutch is, is get out of bounds. So uh, we're trying to you know preserve the, the clock and the time. So we're we're thinking about you know hitting routes on the outside and and uh, you know having successful plays each time. You don't want to take any sacks. You don't want any dead plays. Want to move the football down the field, so uh, we get the ball on like the twenty yard line, and and we call a play that we've called, you know, a hundred times. And I'm I'm looking at the safety in the middle of the field. The ball snapped, and he goes straight back as opposed to how uh, cover two safeties will kind of run towards the to over the top towards the sideline. So I'm thinking I got cover four out, and and. I see my receiver kind of gives me a little a little stutter at the top of his the top of his route, so I think he's breaking it down. But he's really just 
getting by the, the corner, and I throw it out there, and the corner picks it, takes it to the house. Wow. So from then on, I'm I'm on the sideline, and I just revert to to everything that I've been told, you know, everything that I've been coached, and and uh, you know, I look up and I got a, a minute left on the clock, and you know, I I, I have a, a couple of teammates come up to me, and and this was this was huge. My teammates come up to me and tell me that they still believed in me, and that uh, you know, I'm the best quarterback in the country, and this and that, and they're. They're, you know, they're still giving me confidence and, and uh, showing me that you know, they still support me and got my back. And, and at that point, I'm I'm thinking about, okay, I'm thinking about the next play. I'm thinking about, you know, how can we get the, this football down the field and, and thinking about the next play instead of dwelling on the last play. Well, that encouragement, it, it had to be uh, crucial, like you said. I know that, you know, if somebody makes a mistake, sometimes, you know, as a player, we can get down on ourselves. What did your coach say to you when you came to the sideline after throwing that interception? He didn't really say a whole lot. He, he, there was kind of a look of, of disappointment in the read that I made because it was an incorrect read. Um, you know, the defense ran a good play. The safety kind of fooled me with his with his drop. Um, you know, I, I didn't see things as well as I should have. So, you know, the, the read was on me. Um, I knew that. And, and he knew that, but he also kind of let me handle it in the, in the manner that I needed to handle it. He he didn't come up and read me or or you know you know tell me that that was a bad play or this and that. He just said, okay, let's we got a minute left, and we we went over two or three plays that we're thinking about calling. So I went I went through each one of those plays with a with a thought in mind of where I'm going to go with the football in, in certain coverages, and, and then when I went on the field, I was looking for those coverages. So instead of berating you, he just lets you do what you need to do to be who you are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, and that was big. That you know, that helped a lot because he knew, you know, from my experience as a senior, you know, I'd played in thirty that was my thirty eighth game starting and I'd played in nine more prior to being a starter. So, you know, he knew I had a plenty of experience and, and he trusted me to the fact that, you know, we gotta let him do what he's gonna do and and, uh, you know, I had made that mistake before. So, um, you know, just to go back out there and fix that and, and to uh, to respond. And, um, you know, God willing, he, he really let me respond in the correct way. And, and uh, you know, things came out um, very, uh, very good for us in the end. Right, right. So you're going back onto the field. To take lead your team down the field to score would would have to be the game tying touchdown because you you have to have this. How was was at any point were you thinking about the previous two bowl games where you guys came up just a little bit short? No, no, I didn't think about anything else other than the the matter at hand, and you know I really attribute that to to my mental coaches and to my my football coaches, my my position coach, my head coach, and just preparation and practice and experience because you know, with all without all that I probably would have reverted to thinking about, man, this I blew it, you know, I did this again, you know, I ended the game with an interception, you know, 
all these negative thoughts can creep into your head, but, you know, I chose to think about it in another manner. I chose to think about the positive instead of the negative, and, and I chose to think about, you know, what can I do next instead of right. what did I just do. Right. Wow. It, it, like I said, you're saying some dynamic stuff. I know people need to hear this. This is stuff that you can take into into your life. Man, so you you call that final play of the regulation, and it, that most of America call the trick play. What's going through through you, you guys as you're taking the snap? Take us through the snap and then the ex, the successful execution of the play. Well, you know what, we, our guys really didn't think about it as this is the last play. This is this could be it. The play was signaled in from the sideline. I said, hey, listen up. This is our play. Trips right, slide left, circus, and you know we broke the huddle, went up to the line of scrimmage. And we were just thinking about execution. I think that's what really separated us that year from from teams in the past or from from a lot of the teams that have went through history is the fact that we were able to really focus on, you know, the play at hand and what we needed to do to execute that play. We didn't dwell on other things. We just we were really in tune to to uh you know, trying to win football games and we knew that that, that winning a football game came down to play by play and, and detail by detail, so you know, we we really we really strived and, and uh, you know, really um, leaned on the fact that you know that's that's what was going to win us football games was was the detail. So we went to the line of scrimmage. Each guy, I believe, truly truly went into that play with you know, what can I do right here to help my team win? And you know, the play worked out to where I completed the ball and took a run down the sideline. Our running back went the right way and. Fortunately, the defensive back went with the receiver a little bit, and he was able to make the pitch to our other guy. Another guy had good enough speed to beat the, the other DB down the sideline. Wow! So it's just just going in with the expectation to to execute. Everything fell into place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow! That that like I said again, these are keys for life. So you tied the game up, thirty-five, thirty-five, and you go to overtime. Now, on when you get into overtime, you give Oklahoma the ball first. What was the 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 thought process of doing that? Well, I think we I think we won the toss. So we in, in overtimes, with the college overtimes, Kansas City rule. Um, you know, you want to put your defense out there first because you know right. if your defense stops them, then you can win the game with a field goal, and you get kind of the the, the I guess what the law coaches call it the pen at the end. Whoever has the chalkboard, the chalkboard at the end can always draw the right play up or or win the game. So I think that was the focus there. And they scored, and our defense and was getting really tired. And our coaches could tell that you know these these big boys from Oklahoma were really starting to wear us down. And our defensive captain Corey Hall was was really um, you know feeling the same way. Um, so we knew we needed to, to answer and, and uh, you know, try to win the football game. Wow. So you guys got the ball back, and it's fourth down in overtime, and your coach calls a play in from the sideline. Describe for us what goes on with that play and how you guys were able to respond to the call. Well, he called the uh, – 
he called it halfback pass, which personally I didn't agree with a whole lot because, you know, fourth down, I'm the quarterback, I want the ball in my hands, I want to complete a pass. I didn't want running back to throw the ball, but, you know, you can't you can't let off to your team that you don't agree with something like that. Um, you know, so I called the play, and, and we ran the play, and, and fortunately it was a success. And I didn't want to let my team know that because as soon as you start showing doubt, then it kind of creeps it into everybody else's mind. So as a leader of the offense, you know, I, I knew that we needed to be confident and focused on that play. So, uh, you know, the direct snap to, to our running back, I motioned out in motion to the left, and he ran like we were running a sweep to the right, and our tight end snuck out of the of the backfield on the left side, ran towards the corner of the end zone, towards the towards the right corner, and he was able to get a step. And our running back Benny Peretta, who uh, is is on the practice squad with the Vikings, so he's a player. He made a really great pass and and uh, put the ball only where our tight end could get it, and and uh, Shuman came down with a good catch. Wow. Wow. So you guys have just scored. It's 41-42 Oklahoma right now. And Commissioner Wisdom would say, kick the extra point, go for another overtime. But we already understand that your defense is wearing down. So your coach comes up with the play, we're going to go for the win. What goes on now on the field? What goes on now in your mind? Okay, this is the play. And again, kind of the ball is not given to you to pass, but you're 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 asked to to bring this confidence to this play. What do you guys? How do you guys respond to this this call? Oh, we we love the call because we this is a play that we put in, you know, four or five years prior. They they'd always been running it, but we put a little spin on it this year. And uh, we had ran we ran the play about week seven against University of Idaho, and it worked great. It, it, just so happened that they had a defensive back. When we schemed him, we thought he was going to be on the other side, so he kind of fell into the play. But we knew, you know, this is a great play. We're going to hold on to it. And uh, you know, we, we've been we've been trying to call it earlier in the game, but fortunately, we saved it. And when we we're on the sideline, we, uh, you know, I, I told my receivers, hey, you know, you guys will we'll go and hurry up so you guys break the huddle early, and I'll run out there and get set because we'd ran that um, a couple plays previous in the game where the receivers broke the huddle early, and all the attention was on the receivers. So you know, in those plays, I'd snap the ball and try to get it out to the receivers, and their whole defensive uh, backfield and a couple of their strong side linebackers, their eyes would be out towards the receivers. So I was like, hey, so let's break the huddle early. You know, We'll get their attention out to you guys. And we broke it early and went out there. And as soon as I seen their attention, I knew we had them. You know, I, I had a lot of confidence in this play. We'd run it with 50 times in practice, and every time we'd run it, we'd get our scout team, and usually they'd be on the stuff. Like, we'd run a play once or twice, and the third time they'd be right there on it. So we knew this one was was a great play, and, and uh, you know, who knew it'd go down in the history as, you know, one of the greatest plays ever in uh, in football. So, uh, you know, it was just a blessing, and, and uh, you know, Fortunately, we ran it. We ran it to perfection, and you know all their attention was out on the receivers and with the fake and the great fake by our running back. Um, you know, it worked out perfect. Wow! Uh, just uh, just hearing you tell this whole account of of the last moments 
of this game has just been, well, I'm looking at how, how I can put some of these things in my own life. I'm, I want to share something with you. I um, was a student at the University of Michigan right when Michigan won a national title back in 97. And that was my sophomore year in, in college. And I went to, to Michigan. In the back of my mind, I wanted to play football. I wanted to walk on a team. I always had this dream of playing for this 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 this, this team because I'm from Detroit, Michigan. So that's just Michigan was was it. And I never tried out, and I always kick myself for that. Give somebody a word of encouragement right now to to step out on their dreams, regardless of the situation, regardless of what may happen, so that they won't have any regrets later. I think it just kind of comes back to you know a couple of points that we've been talking about. You know, just to to have faith and and uh, have faith in God and have faith in in your dreams. That, you know, they're your dreams for a reason. And you know, have confidence going into them, and, and you know, never never give up on a dream. And you know, sometimes sometimes our dreams don't come true, but you know, as long as we as long as we attempt them and give it our best effort, I think we can always be happy with ourselves. So. You know, if anyone out there you know has a dream, I uh, truly, truly uh, wish you the best and and just to go at it full go. And uh, you know, hopefully everybody can can get a piece of their dream. You know, uh, you know, once in their lifetime. Wow. Yeah, that, you, you, like I said, I, I'm just floored by this opportunity to, to to present a person as dynamic as yourself, a person who's who's accomplished as much as you have to share these tips with people. One last thing before I let you go, Jared. We know that you've been recently married, um, and I just wanted to know, how has being married and your relationship with your wife, how has that given you even more strength to keep moving towards your dreams? Oh, my, my wedding and my wife it was, it was a blessing to me. Um, she's an unbelievable person, and, and she's so, so supporting of, of everything that, that I want to do. Uh, especially in my career, and uh, her family is, is very supporting as well. So, you know, they, they just totally push me and, and you know inspire me to to try to do as best as I can and on um, and um, the motivation that they give me is just just an extra fire, and it just makes me want to go out and, and just be the best and to provide for for her and, and for my family is is a huge motivational factor as well. Wow. Well, well, Jared, I want to let you know this, man. I, I, I am one of your fans now. I'm one of your supporters. If if ever there's anything I can do for you personally, you know, you have my phone number, you can call me because I, I, I am absolutely honored and, and just taken aback by a person of your magnitude. And I, I want to see you succeed in everything it is you ever try in life. <laughs> That's just That's God's honest truth, man. Thank you, man. Thank you, and I uh, appreciate you having me on. And, and uh, yeah, we'll keep in touch, man. Definitely. Um, is there anything you will, anybody you want to say hello to before you, we let you off the air? Uh, no, I got a out in the in, uh, Michigan area, um, or, or that went to school out there. A uh, guy that I play with, Greg Voigt, he's, uh, he's up with me in Canada, to Western Michigan. But, uh, okay. No, man, I just. Uh, I hope I hope uh, the best for everybody. I guess. Well, sir, we hope we are praying for the best for you too, and and I look forward to just hearing your name in in the history books as one of the most 
prolific quarterbacks to ever play the game. Thank you. Thank you very much. God bless you, sir. You too. Thank you for your time.